Hey, and welcome to Winning Conversations. Today is kind of a unique episode. I sit down one-on-one with our senior pastor, Annette Bridges. We talk about being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, understanding God's wisdom, and relating to some people in the Bible that you may find kind of surprising. She's got a unique story and about how God leads her, and it really is refreshing to hear somebody who, regardless of where life has taken them, chooses to really yield to the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. So let's go ahead and jump into this conversation. Well, hello, Pastor Annette. How are you? I'm good. Good. Yay. <laughs> I'm really excited just to get this, even just one, just a little bit of time with you. I mean, your schedule is always so busy. and um, oh, I love spending time with you. Me too. I love spending time with you too. So th- it just fun. gets recorded this time. We're glad you're back. Uh, this is like, you have, I mean, you were one of our very, very first episodes. I listened to it again before we recorded this and... Uh, um, it was so sweet. It just makes me smile when Aww. I listen to it. So it's kind of fun. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a different episode, but we're excited about it. It's just me and you. Yeah. And usually we have two hosts uh, right. today. We just get to have a fun friend conversation. Intimate. Well, I'm really glad that you had an opportunity to sit down and, and spend some time with us. Uh, we want to kind of like shift gears a little bit. Hear some some of your story again, but also talk about some of the things that the Lord's been showing you uh, recently, specifically as it relates to the Holy Spirit and um, how you hear Him and those kind of things. So you know, as a wife and a mom and all of those things, where where's where's the Lord? What's what's God been showing you recently? Well, probably more than anything, um, just the importance of of your role or my role, I should say, or women's role. Um, you know, sometimes we can we can just live life just taking what comes at us and, you know, doing the best that we can and not actually being prepared for what's coming ahead. Um, and that preparation only comes through our relationship with the Lord, you know? Yeah. Just even this morning in prayer, um, just a reminder of the Holy, from the Holy Spirit, he said, follow closely. Just stay following closely. That's it. That's and it's so simple. And you know, whenever we we go to try to hear from God, you know, we we strain. It's, it's like a you know they talk about a pressing in and a right. you know spending this so much time with God. Well, you know, as a mom, our you know God has always been so. And I'll say this, you know, whenever I teach, whenever I'm you know in women's ministry meetings. I tell them, you know, God is so concerned about you, you, your role as a mom, as a wife, as a grandmother, that he's going to speak to you the way you need to hear him and when you need to hear him. So, no, I'm all about setting time aside, but I also know he's sensitive to, you have a schedule as well. Right. You know, it's not like he's it's demanding, you know sure. what I mean? It's like in the shower. That's right. all I've got, you know. And 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 if you've got little ones, they're right there knocking right. on the door, and and you're going, okay, God, I've I've only got ten minutes here because I'm in a shower right. for ten minutes, and <laughs> it's like I need to hear from you. And and so your intimate times with the Lord could look something like that. Sure, it it, it doesn't mean you know. I used to envy these moms that would say, oh my gosh, I spend two or three hours in the morning sure. getting you know time with the Lord, and it's like. How in the world? When did you get that? Right. <laughs> you know? Right. I remember when I just had one child and it was like, 
great. Like I had this uh, thriving prayer life. I got to spend my time in the word and, you know, have my morning time and it was all peaceful. But then when I had the twins, it was like on like Donkey Kong, like there wasn't time for anything. <laughs> it's like, okay, and, God, you've got two seconds here. I've right. got two seconds. Hurry, tell me, download, uh, so download. The Lord gave me like, like uh, start listening to the word. So that's yeah, what I would go. do. I'd listen to messages. I'd listen to podcasts. I'd listen, I'd listen to just the Bible being read. Yeah. And it, it kept me sustained during that time. Right. And then they finally started sleeping through the night at about six months. And I remember just like, like, oh, I, I'm good. I'm just listening to this and the Lord. And, and it wasn't working anymore. It was yeah. like, it wasn't enough. It wasn't feeding me yeah. anymore. And he's like, yeah. Tanya, you've grown beyond this. Like, right. like get back to where you were. Yeah. So there's like seasons when God graces yeah. something to help sustain you. Yeah. So if it's the 10 minutes in the shower or listening to the word while you're getting, you know, kids loaded in the car Absolutely. or the 20 minute drive to work, whatever it is. Yeah. He honors that. Yeah. That's really sweet. What times in your life have you noticed that God shift like the routine piece or the the time piece for spending time? And I mean, just considering yeah. you went from uh, pastoring with littles to divorce to remarried to, to teenagers yeah. to young adult. <laughs> Which I, I I almost yeah when they're teenagers you almost still you you I wish you were three again or two you know <laughs> I could handle the terrible right. twos better than the teens <laughs> at some point um, I think it 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 gives so much meaning to the word that says pray continuously <laughs> don't stop praying just keep praying and don't stop praying because it's an ongoing it's an throughout the day, having a conversation with him, you know, your drive on a drive, you know, yeah. when you drop him off at school and and now you've only, you've got, you know, a few minutes to get to work. Well, that's, that's my time right Right. there. I remember that changing. And I remember the turn where I would talk to God, you know, in the road, the curves in the road. Oh, when he said this, or when he showed me that, or, you know, it's always changing. It's right. just always changing the way he talks. Uh, what was that? I think it's Smith Wigglesworth that has the quote that says, um, I never prayed an hour a day, but I never went an hour a day without praying because exactly. it's just this constant conversation. Constant. Constant conversation. What yeah. is that like? I think sometimes that can feel um, vague to people when you talk about like a constant conversation can you describe what that is like in your life how you hear god speak to you in those well, times you know and some people like to listen to music um if you have a house that's always noisy <laughs> music sometimes music is is good but you know god will give you a song um like i woke up singing god's majesty majesty just this morning. And it's like, how did that happen? But um, just being always aware of his presence, always aware, you know, waking up there a long time ago, and I'm going to obviously date myself. There was a book a long time ago that was called Good Morning, Holy Spirit, just giving him room in your life, you know, putting him first, Mm -hmm. and which is what we're, you know, always striving to do is is put him first um letting his voice be 
the voice that you listen to rather than anything else. Right. Yeah. Has there been a time or a situation that you remember that you felt like something you received maybe seemed kind of random at the time, you know, maybe in the shower or on the drive, but then later in the day or later in the week, you're like, that's why you told me that. That's why you spoke that into me. I do know, um, you know, the word also says to, to pray and to keep praying. To, to, and I used to wonder what that meant. And I thought, ask, you know, d- what, ask and keep asking. That didn't make any sense to me. What am I asking? Why am I continuing to ask right. for the same thing over and over? And I was ministering to a girl. She'd come over during her lunch break and to my house and, and we were talking and I was telling her, you know, that the, that's something that the Lord had spoken to me that year was to ask and keep asking, to pray and keep praying. And I thought, you know, you, you just kind of have to meditate on what you hear from God because what it meant then will change over your journey of life yeah, based on, because he'll, he's such a planner. God's such a planner and preparer. Um, that he'll speak something to you at a moment, and it may mean one thing. Maybe that's what you're talking about. It may mean one thing at this point, and then as you mull over it, or as you mutter it, or right. you know meditate on it, um, it changes. Right. And I'm sitting there, and I'm telling her what God is telling me, or God has spoken to me for that year, and she's listening, and it just dawned on me, and and I said it to her, and I said, and you know why God's saying this to me? to tell you right now, because he just wants to be with you. It's not so much that he wants you to keep asking for something over and over. He just wants to spend time with you. You know, that's it. Bottom line. Right. When he says, ask and keep asking, pray and keep praying, it doesn't have anything to do with that. The fact that we have to keep asking in order for him to do it. Sure. Because it's already a done deal. He's already done it. He said, in that moment, in that sweet, intimate moment in my living room, having her sit there and her coming to spend time with me was a faith thing. It was, I mean, if you're going to come and spend time with me, you're you're coming to get Jesus because I'm going to give you Jesus straight up. So it was a faith thing for her to come and spend time with me Mm -hmm. and spend lunch with me there. So... He he showed up because he said to her, I just want you to spend time with me. I just want to hear your voice. Mm-hmm. I just want to hear your voice. That's why I need you to pray and keep praying and ask and keep asking for no That's other good. reason. Jesus is going. I just want to hear your voice. God's going. I just need my girl with me all the right. time. Right. Yeah. That's it. I mean, cool? you see that heart in kids. You know, they want to just be with you all of the time. All of the time. And, and they'll... They'll talk and talk and talk and talk. And it's a delight to hear yeah. their heart. And the, especially as you get kids get a little bit older, it's like, it's like, I do want to know what my kids are thinking about and what yeah. they, how they perceive the world and stuff. And I think that's what the Lord was, was sharing with her. Like, yeah. Hey, I just want to spend time with you. I just want to spend time with you. I, Miss Savelle gave a message um, during one of our president cabinet meetings years ago. And I would love for her to do it again. It was, it was so, um, so clearly God's heart. 
about spending time with your children, you know, the, mm-hmm. the heart of the father. He just wants to spend time with you and how, you know, he'll prepare, you know, as a mom, we prepare something, you find out what's their favorite, you know, right. and you prepare it. And then they, you know, you just want to, you want them to come and spend time with you. You mm-hmm. want them to sit on your lap. You want them to be with you. And then as they get older, as they become teenagers or adults or, you know, you, 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 make that playhouse in the backyard, you buy the toys, you buy the books, you, you know, you make it comfortable for them so that they can come and spend time in your presence. Mm -hmm. You know, you want them to come and be in your presence. Right. And that's what God wants. That's exactly what he wants with us. That's what he wants is to spend time with us. Is it always about just us? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, absolutely not. It's not about us. It's easy. I think... It's easy to be super inward focused Mm -hmm. or these are the things that I need from God or these are the things. And that's all. That's great. I mean, God wants to meet your needs. He wants to be there for you in those moments. A lot of times on my way to work early in the morning, like to the hospital, um, I would say 75% of the time, my prayer ends up being about who I'm going to be with that day, Mm -hmm. patients, nurses, doctors, whoever I'm going to interact with. It It ends up being about me being prepared for someone else. Absolutely. How is that in your life? That's, yeah. Whenever you finally discover that it's not about you, it's like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not. None of it is. I mean, yes, he wants intimate time with you, but no. And when I first, because I know we read through the word, we read the word of God, we know what the word says. And we, it's interesting because I've read 2 Corinthians 5.15. I've read it. I have read it. But it, it really hit me when it says that Jesus came to die for me, but so that I could live. Yes, he wants to give us life. But then it says, so that we would no longer live to and for ourselves. <laughs> it's not about me right. ever, but it's to and for him. And he's all about other people. He is so about other people. That's all it is. It's how I can affect others. Because if it was just about us, then as soon as he saved us, we'd be dead. Right. Go to heaven. We're done. Right. right. But we're to become his hands. We're to become his feet. We're, become, we're to become his voice in, in reaching others. That's all. That's what it is. That's, that's what it's about. He, he comes and it says he, he, we are his temple. He makes... He makes his home in us, you know, mm-hmm. so that we can take him to those other people, you know? Yeah, that's good. Um, people might say, yes, you're a pastor. Of course he talks to you for other people. Um, of course he talks to you. You're, you lead a church. He's going to talk to you about other people and want you to minister to them. What would you say to somebody who's not in ministry and full time? The But I wasn't always. Right. In ministry, but here's the thing is once you know Jesus, once you come to know him, you're in ministry. Whether you have a um a position or a title, you are in ministry. You just are. Mm -hmm. You're a disciple and you're to make other disciples. You know, that the word that says go into all the world is not just for pastors. And, you know, right. and ministers or an, an right. evangelists, it's for you and I, it's for the everyday person. It's for the, 
you know, everyday person, right. the normal person. You're supposed to affect others. You're supposed to be an influence for others. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And it's not sure. difficult to listen, to just sit, to put a hand on someone's shoulder, to say, how are you doing today? It's not, you know, going through scripture and taking your Bible because, you know, I got saved when I was really little. So yes, of course I took my Bible everywhere because that was my understanding was to tell everybody about the word. You know what? God says this about you and mm-hmm. you're going to, da- you know, cause there was immaturity there. Sure. So, yeah. um, taking the word and yes, we're to take it literal, but, um, Jesus, when he, ministered, it, it was through relationship. Mm-hmm. He found out where they were at. He located them. Mm-hmm. He located them and then got to know them. You know, mm-hmm. when he talked to the woman at the well, oh my goodness, what an amazing story, mm-hmm. how he impacted her life and he knew she would be there. Right. I love that story. Mm-hmm. I th- when I think about that and I reread it, it's like he tells his other disciples, no, we've got to go through here. we got to go through here. There's somebody i got to see. Mm-hmm. So he's so um, aware of other people's places and where they are in their lives. And so, and that comes from, you know, well, yeah, he was Jesus. He knew that. But us as human beings, Mm -hmm. it's through conversation. It's through, you know, you can't just go to work and not know who's sitting next to you and find out about their life. And always in constant prayer, listening to the Holy Ghost, how do I affect her? What do I do today? Should I just buy her lunch? She doesn't need to know that you're this radical Christian and you don't walk past her speaking in tongues and give it an interpretation (laughs) and trying to cast out demons and all that. Sure. So all of that has to be really led by the Lord in order to be effective. And I wasn't saved in high school and uh, there was a there was a girl, and her name was Meredith, and she would she was a Christian. I could tell I knew she was a Christian. Um, and every time I spent time with her, we played soccer together. We had a couple classes together. I just left with a smile on my face. It was like her kindness wow. was there, and she was pretty uh, meek. She wasn't like um, loud about her faith, but she was pretty clear. Like there was a. Um, you know, other girls would talk about the boys and all the things going on, and she just wouldn't enter in. She didn't talk bad about them. She didn't, um, you know, tell them the, how wrong they were for what they were doing. She just That's lived awesome. a, a clean, holy life. That's awesome. And it ministered to me because she was still kind to everybody. Like, it yeah. didn't matter to her. There, there wasn't any pretense ahead of time. Like, mm-hmm. she was going to be kind to you because she was a kind person because of Jesus on the inside of her. Um just thinking back on uh, times you've been in a position that you know the Lord has put you in, um, is it always clear how or who you're supposed to to touch and minister to? No, not necessarily clear. And that's the thing is, I always think back on the people that I really wish I could have affected in a different way. And here's the thing is that I'll never forget where I was when God told me this um, on my cart in the parking lot of Albertsons <laughs> at like eight or nine o'clock at night, whenever the kids were in bed and I had to go run and gra- go grab something. And I was just praying and, and listening to God. And I wrote down, and I think I even still have it in my nightstand, but he said, your obedience, you'll never know the other side of your obedience. And it's not up to you whether you're going to see the results of it or not. You may never see the results of your obedience. That's good. You just have to obey and trust because it's not about you. Mm-hmm. Because 
I know at some point you want to see numbers. You want to see fruit of the things that you've sown. You know, you want to see a harvest and you're not always going to. Mm -hmm. And it's not any of your business, basically. Mm -hmm. You just obey. You just do what I tell you to do. And, um, And it changed me. From that point on, it really did change me because, you know, it, 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 there's a pride issue there when you have to see something. You have to see fruit sure. of what you've done, mm-hmm. you know, and it just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't matter. It's not, you just obey. Mm-hmm. Just obey. Just do what God tells you to do. And, it's, and there's a freedom there, you know, and, and right. there's just a freedom. It's like, okay, I'm going to obey. But Clearly listen to what the Lord is telling you to do, you know, and if there's some follow-up or follow-through. I'm just talking about, you know, happenstance people that you just meet, you know, what sure. you're supposed to do. You know, the the checker here, the checker there. Right. Now, although there are some checkers you will get to know because you're constantly going back right. there and you will get to know them. Um, but yeah, just trusting him. Right. There's been a couple times at the hospital where there have been like critical situations or whatever, And, uh, you know, I always try to listen clearly to what my role is in those moments Mm -hmm. when someone's having a loved one that's passing or, you know, having the right words to say to, uh, help with a person's care or what direction we're going to go. And one time I remember it was a crazy situation. Um, and I asked, I kept asking God, like, why is this happening? Like, what is going on? And, uh, and he said to me, Tanya, there's a lot more going on in the spirit realm than you're aware of. That's I good. just need you to follow direction. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I don't have to understand. No. I don't, I don't have to understand what's going on in the situation except for this is my piece of it and this yeah. is what I'm supposed to say and this is what I'm supposed to do. That's it. Um, and just trust him that he's the author and finisher. Yeah. I mean, he's Absolutely. the one that he's the one that's orchestrated. He's the one that put me there and put them there. That's right. What is that like specifically for women maybe um, in their lives? What, what do you well, see? I, I know that there's still women that will be listening that will say, I really don't have anything to offer. If you only knew, you know. Your story. Yeah, my story. How could God possibly even use me? You know, there's so many women in the Bible that no, no one is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no one is perfect. In fact, um, and you think, how could God ever use me? I've made so many mistakes. And I've been there. I've been that flawed mm-hmm. female, you know, mm-hmm. um, because I think of the Proverbs 31 woman and growing right. up in a, in a um, denomination, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, you have to be the Proverbs 31 woman mm-hmm. and, you know, do you have to be perfect and resourceful mm-hmm. and get up early and do this and do that and sow and, and garden and grow your food right. and <laughs> <laughs> you grind your own weed and make your own bread right. and it's like, Ah. Um, and your children have to be beautiful and your children have to be, you know, quiet and perfect. Right. And it's, and, and it, it, that unfortunately sets women up to fail because if you don't meet a standard that somebody right. has set, then you feel like you can never mm-hmm. be who God wants you to be. And all that God wants you to be is his. Mm-hmm. I've just called you to be mine. And, um, you know, and, and that freedom 
to be able to walk out, to hear him, that freedom to be able to um, be who he wants you to be um, comes from a lot of time with him first. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that journey and discovering your worth and your value um, in him, because in the world standards or even in the church's standards or in the religious, you know, mindsets, you know, it's so high, it's not attainable. So therefore, why even bother? Mm-hmm. You know, I know what that's like. I, you know, at, you know, raising um, foster children that felt like broken, unwanted. Sure. You know what I mean? I do. It's like there's a standard that they feel like I'm never going to accomplish. How could I ever? There's mm-hmm. no way. Do you, you know what I mean? You only see your brokenness. You only see what you've come from. You only see your mistakes. And therefore you never want to, you, you don't want to fail again because mm-hmm. you fail so miserably already in the face of everyone, um, which is what you're thinking. That's your, your own, that's your reality right. is that everybody knows, everybody knows, you know, I come from a, a, a horrible background. My parents or in the occult or whatever. And now I think I can be somebody right. in the church. Now they think I can, you know, mm-hmm. how can I affect anybody? Well, again, time with the father. Yeah. Time with the father. Mm-hmm. Him whispering to you, you know, in those tender moments, um, I love you. <laughs> I love you. Mm-hmm. You are worthy. You're valuable to me. And understanding your worth and your value as his daughter as his son, as his child, his precious one, that he would send his son to die. I mean, there's just so many things that he teaches you, and then there's a freedom. And then mm-hmm. there's a freedom where you, you, um, you're growing. You begin to, to affect others, yeah. you know. Um, there's just times when, um, you know, I think it's just true, and the Word says the goodness of God leads you to repentance, and it's his goodness that heals those pieces. Oh, and so yeah. coming as, okay, here I am, God. I don't know what you're going to do with this, but you're good. So maybe you can fix it. It's not until you get healing in those pe- moments that you're able to truly pour out yeah. to the next to the next person that you're supposed to pour out you, to. I'm reading a, a, a book right now on just women in the Bible, just these amazing women in the Bible. And, and I got to Bathsheba. <laughs> And, and, and of course we have a connotation and we have a mindset of who she is based on old sermons or whatever right. that we've heard or right. Bible stories, right. you know? And so, and I've been reading about her and reading about, you know, her relationship with David and how God got her to the place in the palace. Now, I, I I'm not even going to, to, <laughs> you know, try to speculate, but we live in a world where, um, even in a Christian world where judgment and um, quiet gossip, whatever, it's still gossip, it's still judgment, it's still speculation, it's still speculation. We are we speculate what it could have been like, and the Bible is not totally clear on exactly what happened. Did she do that in order to get him? All we know is the story of David. David lusted after her. Mm-hmm. We don't know if she did it on purpose. Of course, everyone's like, oh my gosh, she probably, you know, who shows their ankles? Yeah. Um, who would wear that? Who yeah. would wear that? It's like, it, oh, whatever. Right. So again, there's a standard on women. There's mm-hmm. such a standard so on true. women. And it's like, okay, but God doesn't even talk about her that way. He doesn't. It doesn't. He does not. 
It's not there. You can look. It's not. It just says David lusted, mm-hmm. and he called for her. We do not know whether she said, no, I won't go, but she didn't. did she have an option? The king is calling for right. her. Hello. Right. Did she have an option? So, um, and then she has Solomon, who is King Solomon. Mm-hmm. And just what he writes, I mean, hello, the wisdom, the wisdom. So she, she affected somebody who affects us today. For real. It's so For true. real. I she mean, was the mother of Solomon. Yeah. You think about that. I mean, I don't know if I've heard a sermon when she's been, she's been characterized as really who she was, which is the mother, the mother. Of, of Solomon. The mother. The wisest man. Yeah. yeah. So there had to be a wise woman behind that For wise real. son. King David didn't spend a whole lot of time with him. He had a bajillion children because he had a bajillion <laughs> wives and concubines. He right. was a busy man. <laughs> yeah. He was a busy man. Right. Let's just say that. But so after reading that, Tanya, oh my gosh. And, and, I, and I set my time aside as far as, you know, my own personal private time, you know, mm-hmm. and then my time with God. It's like, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to read this book, but it's a me time book. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's just a me time book. Right. I'm not expecting God to speak to me. It's a fiction book I'm reading. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's again, a speculation. Somebody's thinking of what happened in the, right. in the palace during that time or whatever, but God's so funny. And so he gives me a scripture and I go to it and it's in Proverbs and I'm reading Proverbs like, oh, that's a really good scripture. And I'm reading Proverbs and the Holy Spirit's going, do you know who wrote Proverbs? I'm going, okay, who? Uh, Yeah, Solomon wrote, what? That's Bathsheba's son. And so it all just like, just starts coming back to me and I'm going, oh my gosh, she affected him tremendously. And it actually says in Proverbs 31, I can't remember the man's name, L-E-M-E-U-R, or somebody wrote it. But Jewish tradition actually says that it was Solomon that wrote it. He is Solomon. That was another name for him. And he was writing about it, his mother. His mom. I mean, talk about your mind exploding. Yeah, that just, that just he wrote kind it about of blows me her. away. Her. She was a flawed female. She was a, um, a human being. <laughs> yeah. She was just a human being. She was a regular person. So when we talk about, oh, but I'm not in ministry. Oh, how can I do anything for God's kingdom? How can I, because I've done this, because I've done that. God just used, he used the woman at the well. Right. She changed her whole town. She changed her whole town. She went and told about the man that she met. Let me tell you about the man that gave me water. I went to the well, broken. I went to the well so thirsty. I didn't even realize what I was thirsting for. But the man that gave me living water, I'll never thirst again. Let me tell you about that man. You got to come and see this man who changed my life, who transformed my life. And there was a, it doesn't say there was a time of repentance there. It never says anything that she said, you know, Jesus, forgive me. God, forgive me. There's not, Not it's not, it's not recorded there. And we make it so religious and we're like, oh my gosh, say this prayer, say this prayer. I I need to see repentance and I need to see fruit. We don't know what's going on on the inside Mm -hmm. of people. 
after right. they've heard what they've heard. Right. You know, I think of Bathsheba. You, we don't know what happened in the palace, how repentful she was. And at some point she taught her children about God and his ways and how merciful and good and kind he was. She listened to her husband, listened to, to what he wrote, the songs that he wrote, right. the passion he had for God. Right. So if you've, made mistakes if you've just repent leave it behind you keep going forward just keep going forward yes god can use you don't ever think that he can't use you don't ever think that you can't affect someone for eternity who will also affect somebody else for eternity (laughs) as you know i mean she did not Bathsheba did not let allow her past to define who she was or what she poured into her kids. Mm-mm. And who's to say that it wasn't hard? I'm sure it was hard. Oh, yeah. But there's the determination that I'm going to be who God tells me I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. Not really- what everybody else tells me I'm going to be or right. who I am. Do you relate to her? Extremely. Extremely. Yeah. Now I do. I didn't know her story as well as I'm. God's showing it to me now. But, And I believe it's because God's taking us to another level <laughs> this <laughs> I year. I agree. Yeah. Because, you know, he's been sh- telling me this phrase for the longest time, for the longest time. You don't know what you don't know. Are you ready to let go what you do know so that you can know what I know? Because <laughs> you do not know what you do not know. Right. But you got to let go of what you do know mm-hmm. to learn what I know about you. Let me, let me tell you something <laughs> because you can't, you just can't receive. There's no right. receiving and there's no change that will ever happen in your life if you don't receive what he's got and what he's got is going to blow your mind. Mm-hmm. We're talking about going to another level, knowing something that you've never known before. You haven't experienced yet, mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. And so, and even as women who, who you may be mentoring someone or seeing someone along and you're like in such a hurry to see them get to here. You want them to get from point A to point B. If you would just get this, you would understand that you wouldn't have to be going <laughs> right. through this. Right. God's patient with us. <laughs> look at how he's far he's brought us. You know, look at your own life. Right. And have some, some compassion. Grace. Have some grace. Right. They're going to get there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talked about all these women in the, in the Bible. And the one common thing I hear is... One, they're not defined by their mistakes. Two, they were willing to lay down those things. And then third, they picked up their identity that Christ gave them. Amen. Um, In your years of pastoring, which of those pieces catches people up a lot that you want to speak to? For me, it's laying down the mistake. Absolutely. That's what uh, I was going to say. I mean, God corrects very gently and, you know, leaders do too, but there've been times when correction has come and you really have to be not defined like, oh my gosh, I did miss it there. And it's okay to say, hey, I totally missed it. I thought that was a good thing to do. It clearly was not. And then there's going to be people who constantly bring it up. Mm -hmm. It's right in your face. You you could lay it down, but somebody else is picking it up. up. (laughs) How do you get past that? (laughs) Well, and it's interesting because... You know, the decisions that you make, we talked about this just a minute ago, how they affect other people, but you don't understand that God God is trying to get you to a place. 
not only a physical place, but a place inside of you where he can move you further. And yes, you do have to lay that aside. And it's going to, and that's going to affect the, the, your decisions because, you know, I'm not going to go to that church because they know me and they've heard about me, or I'm not going to go here because, you know, they know that I got fired from a job or they found out that I made this mistake or whatever. So your, how you think about yourself will affect your decisions, will affect everything, will affect everything. Mm -hmm. And that in turn will affect a lot of people. I'm not going to say everyone, but it will affect a lot of people, your children, Mm -hmm. first and foremost, your children. Um, Whenever I was going through the divorce, I was in a church, obviously. Um, We were pastors. And, um, you know, we were, it was, a divorce is never one-sided, never. I don't care what anybody will say, whatever, they'll argue it and argue it. It's never one-sided. It's always both. There's two, there's two wrongs. There's two, it, you know, mm-hmm. just like a relationship. It's just like, it's on both sides. And so I had to, I had to get with God. I ha- I mean, obviously I was like, okay, God, I, I, forgive me. I need to move forward. And I need to hear from you. I need your wisdom. I need your wisdom more than anything. Um, because it's it was so easy to run, to run. Sure. There were so many options. I could go home. I could go thousands of miles from here and, and never have to see these people again, never have to see anybody that knows anything again. You know, mm-hmm. just, just go, run. Hide under a rock. Yeah. yeah. Run. And um, but my what I said to God was. It would be so much easier if I made this decision, but I don't want to do that. I want to do what you want me to do, no matter how hard it will be, because I'll do it with you. If I go, I'll be in disobedience. Not that you won't leave me. You'll still be with me, but I'm not in your perfect will. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, you never want to be where God doesn't send sure. you, because <laughs> you just open the door to true. everything, yeah. all kinds of, you know, demonic things. And then I'll never get out of, you know, my mess. So, um, so I stayed and I, I wanted to, I walked it out and I had to see people and I had to see, you know, everyone that, that, cause you're living in a total fishbowl where everybody knows everything that's going or their assumptions, all kinds of assumptions because right. nobody knows they exactly. They may not know what's going on. But they, they don't, but there's assumptions figure. being made and there's all kinds of gossip. And, um, so, but I, the Lord said to keep my mouth shut, not to defend myself and not to say anything and just to, to, to stay close. That's exactly what he said. Follow closely, follow closely. He was saying it back then. And, um, so yeah. I asked God, I have a, I need to read a book and God, I'm driving down that little curve right there by the library. And I had my niece with me and I, and he says, turn here, go into the library. And I'm like, okay, I'll go to the library. Why, why are we going to the library? And God's going, well, you asked for a book to read. I'm like, yeah, okay, we're, we're, we're going to the library then. <laughs> so I'm going to the library and I'm walking through and, and God doesn't always talk to me this way, but this was so, he had something in mind. Mm-hmm. And so he has to get you to the place where you're going to listen and obey like that quickly at an instant, then I'm going to get you to where the big things, if I, if you could be faithful in the little things, then we're going to get to the big things. And I've got something big in mind, but I'm going to tell you that big thing because I got to get you to even turn when Mm -hmm. I tell you to turn. Right. And so I'm there and and he's like, I'm going, okay, which book? And it said nine golf lessons. 
standing straight up. I'm like, nine golf lessons? I'm, I'm checking out the book on golf. Okay, God, let's check out the book on golf. I don't know anything about golf. I don't know anything about sports whatsoever. <laughs> and I'm reading this book and it transformed my life. It changed my life. I can't, I, I mean, there's, I can't think of another word to tell you the, the magnitude of how my life changed at that point because I needed to forgive myself. God was going a do-over. A do-over. A mulligan. A mulligan. A mulligan. It's okay. Okay, let's just get you back. Let's get you back on track. Let's just get back on track. Right. It's called repentance. Right. Just turn. Just turn. Let's do it again. Try it again. It's okay. My pastor in Oregon, before he moved here, he'd always say, God never has a plan B. He always has a plan A. Yes. So if you get off plan A, he takes you where you're at and he puts you on plan A. Like yes. plan A starts again. Like yes. this is plan A. Like everybody's like, oh, we're on plan C today. No, no, God is still on plan A. Still on plan A. Oh my gosh, Tanya, totally. And he's so gentle on how he gets us back Mm -hmm. on track. Right. It's just getting you back on track, Mm -hmm. getting you back on track. He doesn't beat you. He doesn't beat you. Mm -hmm. He is not a mean God. He's a loving, forgiving, merciful, good God. He's taking us on this journey, and there's there's paths that he wants to put us on, but we've got to get through this part in order to get there, mm-hmm. you know, because we'll never step there. Just like what Pastor, you know, has been, you know, has preached right. about, and and you know, it's just being just close to him. Just just trust him. Mm-hmm. He's going to get you where you need to go. Yeah, it's so true, so true. But this has been such a good conversation. I really. Really, actually learned a lot and enjoyed it so much. Thank you for being so open. I think it really ministers to women when they hear. I hope so. They hear what you've walked through, and um, and nobody. I mean, there's not a need to know all of the the nitty gritty details as much as there's a need to know that God restored you. That's it. That God brought you through it, and that He's restoring and, and continuing to restore. He doesn't yeah. see you as Bathsheba making mistake if yeah. she you know, whatever the context was. I'm excited to get to heaven and hear her, yeah. her story. Yeah. So just- I did not bathe in my backyard naked. Okay, <laughs> just let's, get that. let's just get that done. <laughs> that did not happen to me. That was not your story. <laughs> that was Bathsheba's. Uh, what would you say? I mean, we still always like to kind of wrap up the podcast yeah. with the same question, winning in life. Yeah. When we talk about winning in life, that's kind of the motto of our house. Right. Um, how is hearing from God? Can you bring that into what that means uh, to win in life? Um, I'm just going to go back to what I know I, I, I keep hearing from the Lord in, in James about, well, how I got to that specifically the last couple of days reading in Proverbs because it said, he who loves me, I will love. Um, and And it says that if you honor me, I will honor you. But then the um that same scripture is the same as if you need wisdom you ask of god for wisdom and i thought and you know whenever the lord was showing me that i thought how does that correlate with love if i love you and he said if you trust me you will talk to me if you trust me you'll come to me with everything if you love me you trust the ones you love right so right. it's not in, in in ourselves god does not take Obviously, we don't get a lobotomy when we <laughs> get saved. You know, he doesn't just right. take your mind and and you know, and it, he uses you. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a there's a humility that takes place whenever we're 
when we love someone, you know, there's a, there's a humility in a relationship where it's like, it's not just about me. I want to know about you. I want to know what you think. And you, when two people are together, the longer they're together, the more alike they become, correct? Right. So that's the same thing with your love relationship with God. And when he says, if you lack any wisdom, you come and you, you, you ask me of wisdom and I'll give it to you freely. That means I'm, I'm not, there's no condition. I'm not going to say you don't deserve this wisdom. I'm not, you're undeserving of my word. You're undeserving of my knowledge. You're undeserving of what to do next. You know, it's, I'm I'm not the GPS that's not going to work today because you've been bad, (laughs) you know. Right. Find your own way there. Right. GPS is just not going to work today. Right. No, God is a God who loves us. And he's honored when we come to him and say, what do I do, God? Mm-hmm. And 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 as weak as we think that that sounds, do you understand that when you're weak, he is strong? Do you understand that when you come to him and say, I don't know how, I don't know how to, how to run this business. I don't know how to make this marriage work. I don't know how to teach this teenager. I don't know how to get my stepchild to love me. I don't know how. He goes, oh my gosh, I've just been waiting for you to say that, you know, because I do. Let me tell you what to do. I was waiting on that that act of humility, that act of love mm-hmm. towards me. God's saying, that's an act of love towards me. It's good. That's an act of love towards me when you say, I don't know how to do it, because then you're saying, you're coming to the one who does. Mm-hmm. And he's going, ah, I was just waiting for you to ask. Let me tell you what to do. Yeah. Let me tell you what to say. And so, and a lot of times it's not even what to say. It's just a what to do. It's like, stay patient. Right. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> it's never what you think it's going to be. Because like you, you've already done A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you've messed up. Right. It didn't work. You failed. Miserably failed and made it worse. Oh, and you're like, oh, God, help me fix the mess I just made. Right. Oh, and he's going, okay, let's do it. Right. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll give you the wisdom. And he freely gives it to you. Yeah. That's good. I love that. And you glorify him. Oh, my gosh. You glorify him. You praise him. It's like, and you give him the, 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 the honor glory. and the glory. Yeah. Right. Give him the, yeah. the praise. It. Yeah. It wasn't me. <sighs> Wasn't me. <laughs> and that's winning for sure. That no is doubt. winning. Yeah. That is winning every single time. Because I don't know how to win at any sport. I would not have no clue. I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> I was like, I, which way is the goal? <laughs> which, where are we running now? It drives me nuts when they change the goal halfway through. Halfway through. It's like I just was getting to just run that direction. And now, this, yeah. and now it's this way. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. That's great. Oh, gosh. Well, we're so thankful for this time. Thank you for spending Aww. time with us. This, this has been fun. such a delight. This yeah, I'm really believing that this is uh, kind of a new, fresh way that we can have winning conversations as podcasts go forward. Um, we do still have a lot of people that we in our church body that we're really looking forward to hearing their story and talking more. But we'll scatter these episodes through where we just spent some time visiting around the Word of God and talking about the things of God and where He's going. So I really hope, uh, listeners, that you were really inspired to take your walk with God to the next level as far as intimacy and being sensitive to His Holy Spirit. Um, when we thank Pastor Ned again. You truly are a gift to our body. I mean, we're so honored to have you. 
as our pastor. So thank you so much. If you missed the first episode that we recorded with Pastor Annette, I'll link it in the show notes so you can go back and listen to it. It just makes me smile the whole way through. Uh, So anyway, we look forward to uh, catching up next week on next Friday. 